This is a Solitaire Media Originals podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. I haven't had too much feedback from episode 3 because it only went live less than 24 hours ago. However, James, one of my friends who plays in the session the same time as I do sometimes, he says, keep it going, they're great ideas that you have. Thank you, James. Also, my buddy, John Devlin, he's requested to come on and shoot the breeze with me. I have asked him to get a gig in Galway and I'll definitely get him on. I want to keep it as tightly focused in Galway as possible. So in episode 3, I recorded the vocal intro to score not his simplicity before I finished recording the song. And in those explanatory notes, I described my recording as a pareback version. When I was mixing it at 4am, it had two acoustic guitars, one electric guitar, an upright bass, a cajon, a shaker, a tambourine, an electric piano, and a synth pad, as well as my vocals. So I'll try to remember to record the vocal intro after I finish mixing the track next time. Though at 4am I was just happy to get it uploaded so I wasn't bothering myself too much about it all. You can hear my version of Scornotti's Simplicity at the end of episode 3. It's the last thing that's on there. If episode 3 was for the American audience then this episode is definitely for the local Galwegians. It is at times a detailed but yet tightly focused look at what's on offer in Galway as part of St. Patrick's Day celebrations. I did explain in episode 1 that I wouldn't be able to capture everything that is happening in Galway, but more offer a flavour as to what's going on, and that still remains my view. Also, I'm ping-ponging in my head what style the Galway podcast should be. Should it be entertainment? Should it be educational? Or comedy? Or whatever? And every time I ponder this, I'm brought back to one of the best stand-up shows I ever saw in London, which was Bill Bailey. He wasn't highbrow, he wasn't lowbrow, but he was no-brow. It felt like Bill Bailey was doing whatever he wanted to do, and it is that authenticity that appealed to me back in 2004. And now, almost 20 years later, that gig still sticks out for me. So, if you'll bear with me, I'll just talk to whoever I want to talk with, and I'll talk with him for however long I want to, and let's just see what happens. I will edit the conversations. To date, I've mostly been cutting out the ums and ahs to make it flow better. I'm aware of your time, even if it adds to my own. And I'll cut out where the conversation is not doing very much, but I'll not cut up a conversation to alter the meaning of what is being said. As I said in episode one, a main objective for the Galway podcast is to spread positivity. Back around the start of the millennium, I used to be a music journalist, writing for a few publications, including BBC Music and Play Louder. The first organisation I wrote for was for a website called Motion. When I was given the green light to write for them, I was told to be positive and write about something I like, or else don't write anything at all, don't review it. Now, it appears that I might have been the only journalist who was heeding that advice, but it has stuck with me. I am going around the houses to land at this point. I might have a laugh with someone, both during the recording or in the explanation notes in the post-production, but it is important that you understand. 
I am doing this from a point of positivity, respect and friendship. I'm laughing with them, not laughing at them. Like I've said, there's enough negativity in the world without me adding to it. And I do believe in karma, give out positivity and positivity should return. Asher, you know yourself. It's easier to smile than to think badly about somebody. A lot of my thinking has always come back to lessons from my parents. My mother used to say to me, good manners are easy carried. You're right, mammy. Thanks for that. In this episode, I chat with William Fitzgerald, who is a program coordinator at Palace Cinema. I'm laughing because... We had a conversation about how to pronounce that and I'm still not sure what way to say it. Paulos Palace. And I also talk with Tracy Bruin, who will be performing live on Sunday the 19th at 4pm in Air Square. And I talk with Jason Crockwell, who is the Programme Coordinator at Galway Sports Partnership. I talk with these people longer than I had planned, but sure, it's not the great thing about a podcast. You can get into the conversation a bit more and explore what people have to offer and what makes them tick. And I'll remind you of that African saying that I love so much. It is through people that we become people. I should, I'm pausing here because I'm, I'm thinking about something that happened today. I was invited into a school. I don't know if I can mention the school, but I'll mention the teacher, Mr. <coughs> And uh, he invited me in, and I was playing with another fine musician, a brilliant musician from Galway. I'm not sure if I... See, this is a thing. I don't understand how the world works anymore outside of China. I left London eight years ago, and I've come back to the West, and I didn't have access to the web very easily. I could see some things, but it's a hassle. You had to use a VPN to get outside of the, the Chinese firewall. So I don't know if I can mention the school or the teacher or the person, the other musician who was there today. But I will say, you know, I'm fully vetted. I, I am a teacher by trade. And the kids had a wonderful time. We, we were playing some Irish tunes in um, celebration of Shaklin the Gilliga. Yeah, and the kids loved it, what we were doing. There was banjo, there was box, and there was guitar. We sang Oroshe de Bahawalya, played a, a kinu, you know, a lament. It was actually Sleeves Namon on the box. And then we played a few reels. And um, oh, it was great crack. The kids loved it. So, but as I say, I don't know how the world operates anymore. I don't know if I can mention anybody or the school. So I'll say nothing until I know better in the future. But it wasn't Galway. I could say it was even in Salt Hill, but that narrows it down to about 40 schools or something like that. Have you, have you noticed that all schools seem to be in Salt Hill? Not all of them, but there's a big representation. This is the Galway Podcast. Okay, so let's go into the first conversation. It's with Jason Crockwell, and he's going to be explaining a bit what family fun things there are available on Sunday afternoon in Salt Hill. I'm in Galway City Council buildings here with Jason Crofwell. Yeah. Did I pronounce that correctly? That's right. There's a couple of different ways, but it's, I accept most of them. And you're the programme coordinator uh, for Galway Active. 
Go Sports Partnership, yeah. And, and our website is Go Active, you're right. So Sports Partnership is one of 29 local sports partnerships around the country. We're funded under Sport Ireland and we're based within the local authorities. So basically, yeah, Go Sports Partnership, our main office is with the County Council and then I'm based here with the City Council. The staff cover both. Okay, so Jason, do you want to tell me a bit about what's happening for the Family Fund Sports Day? Yeah, perfect. It's happening on Sunday the 19th uh, and it's part of the St. Patrick's Festival. Uh, that City Council are, are promoting and are helping us with. And uh, basically, it's going to be in Salt Hill Park, which is right beside Leisureland. Um, and we're going to have an awful lot of different sports and activities there. And some of it then is going to be on the prom. So we've stuff for everybody. We're looking at going from about 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Uh, we'll have face painting. Uh, we'll have music. We'll have athletics. We'll have soccer, a bit of rugby, uh, lots of different sports. There's older adults activities as well. Um, we're down to Pilates so basically it's from anywhere from four years up and obviously the younger age kids as well can get their face painted if they want but everything all the way up to 101 uh, if you want to turn up You mentioned there that it's going to happen in Salt Hill Park I assume that's outside and do you have a backup plan for weather? Yeah. Well basically it, it, it's going to operate two ways One, if the weather is fine it's going to be really busy If the weather is not fine it's not going to be so busy But a lot of the activities that will happen anyway Can be, can can happen whether it's good weather or bad weather We have a couple of gazebos uh, and other sorts of uh, covers That people can do some of the activities under And then we'll be using a small part of leisure land as well To do some of the classes So with some of the older adult stuff We're looking at doing a bit of Pilates And activator poles So activator poles are People have probably seen the Nordic walking before This is a a slight variation of that Where these poles help people that might lack balance Or anything like that To give you a bit of stability They're good crack Um, You can do aerobics classes with them Believe it or not indoors Um, But they're nice for walking along uh, And getting you back to doing distance walking If you're And when I say distance I don't mean 20 miles or anything like that, you know, I mean, a couple of kilometres if you haven't been doing that much walking. Um, so we've, we've got uh, somebody doing that on the day and they'll be broken up into sessions. So you'll be able to book them on our Facebook page, which is called a Sports Partnership. There'll be a, an ad there and if people go in there and try to book them. Uh, and you're mentioning uh, classes, so it's Pilates and so on. Mm. Is there, uh, I saw on the website there's drumming as well. Yeah, Drumador are going to be there. They're going to do uh, a couple of sessions. They're going to do two sessions over two hour and a half. And if people turn up, they'll get the chance to interact with them. So with the whole lot of the day, there's there's no cost. There's no expense for anybody. It's free, um, thanks to Galway uh, City Council. So it's basically turn up, try something, try your events. There'll be... Places there where people can have a little bit of fun within their family to be able to join in with other people. So it's just everybody turn up and have a bit of crack. And any experience necessary for these classes? None whatsoever. And that's part of the idea of a lot of it is that if you come along and say try the football or athletics, those people that are experienced it, they'll do fine. They'll they'll do what they do and they'll try and improve whatever activities. But if you've never tried it, it's the perfect opportunity to come along and go, give us a go at athletics, give us a go at football, let's see what I can do. Give us a go at the, you know, the drummer or see what I can do. That's wow. the beauty of something like this as a come and try type event. Uh, is there anything else coming up in the future? Oh, to be loads of stuff. I'm just trying to think what we've got. Do you know what a big one will be? Which will be nice to do is Bike Week. Bike Week is coming up in May between the 13th and the 22nd, if I get my things right. So with we would, the sports partnership will um, is organising that both city and county. At the moment, we have... Um, about 40 events between both, working with a lot of different groups. So it's funded under TFI. 
Uh, it's funded under Transport for Ireland. And we got €26,000 to deliver stuff in the city, all the way from a cycling buffet to safe cycling to bicycle workshops with a metal rotter. And then in the county, you've got really good stuff, the likes of Gort, uh, cycle trails. We'll do some um, cycling from the mini greenways, they call it down there, from the town all the way out to Cool Park. Athen Ride is a big cycling festival on the, on the Saturday the 13th to start, which is really good and really good to get out there if you get a chance to go for it. You'll have groups, kids for people with disabilities doing stuff. You'll have the cycling buses doing stuff. You'll have the cycling clubs doing stuff. So again, kind of similar to the Come and Try, it caters for everybody from the smallest little kids cycling all the way up to your older adults doing a bit of cycling. Everything from recreation to the Banisloan Fairness Day cycling club there and the Seven Springs cycling club are doing family cycles as well. So everybody, you know. My father says there's only one problem with Galway. It only has one festival. It starts on the 1st of January and finishes on the 31st of December. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're, you're planning a lot of it. Oh, yeah. And look, there'll be other stuff. to be European Week of Sport later on. People see, and that's what I'm saying about the come and try things, people see sport as they, they watch the Premiership or they watch the, the Football or Hurling Championships or they watch the NBA and go, geez, I'll never play that. But the reality is, at a local level, there's a space for everybody to play, regardless, across the board. There's a space for everybody to play. Come along, have a bit of fun. Join in socially and you'd be surprised where it take you. Do you miss a loved one that's passed on? Perhaps you miss their voice or their mannerisms. Perhaps you have questions that remain unanswered. Don't let that happen to your children or grandchildren. At Salt Hill Media, we can record your life story or that of a loved one for future generations. So when someone asks, hey, what was Granny like? Or what was Grandad like? You can point them to an interview and say, you tell me. We can tailor an interview to be as long or as short as you want it to be. All with professional recording equipment and post-production. You may think that your life is not worth documenting. Well, not according to your children or grandchildren. Record that life story before it's too late. Email salthillmedia at gmail.com or go to salthillmedia.com for more information. This is the Galway Podcast. I'm in the Palace Cinema in Merchants Road in Galway, and I'm with a guy. Who are you and what it is that you do? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, William Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm the uh, programmer of the cinema here. Um, so basically, to be very reductive about it, uh, I pick the films. Oh, that's <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So if you don't like our film choices, I'm your man that you can uh, pick a bone with. Um, so yeah, uh, generally I put the film program together here and we generally try to, you know, um, curate, I, I kind of curate the space, uh, try and make it as, uh, as welcoming as possible for for everyone and for lovers of uh, cultural cinema. So obviously you're a slave to data whenever you're picking a film, but mm-hmm. how much leeway do you have in terms of choosing a movie that you'd like to just have in the, in the house? Um, yeah, pretty good. I, the, the main challenges with the job here is that uh, Polos is a three-screen cinema. Um, so built specifically to be an art house cinema, which is great. It's a real boon to have in the city. Um, but uh, three screens is quite tricky to manage. Uh, it's managed to 
it's, it's hard to manage um, distributors' expectations, particularly if you're playing um, like a big film the same week as you're playing something like small, like something that I might want to show the audience. Um, you know, a big film that comes with big demands, like if it's, you know, it's coming from a big distributor, they want it to show three or four times a day, um, you know, so that takes up a lot of space. So things like that are, are where it gets tricky. But in terms of my autonomy to pick the films I want, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty open and um, generally the audience here uh, responds well, um, which is it's great with what we kind of dreamed for. Even before I worked here, I was a long-term film fan who lived in Galway. So I couldn't wait for the day when the cinema opened uh, five years ago. Um, and yeah, it's great to have it. Do you, are you connected at all with QFT in Belfast? Is there a mutual um, organisation in which you're uh, a part of or anything? Uh, there's a mutual organisation that we'll be part of, um, Europa Cinemas, um, which I'm actually not sure if QFT is a member of Europa Cinemas because of the whole uh, Brexit thing. But um, we're, I like in that we're both small art house cinemas. Um, I've met some of the folks who run QFT up there. Um, I've worked with some of them. Um, and yeah, I love what they do. I love that space, um, how you could almost walk past and miss it, but then you walk inside and it's this wonderful little cinema inside the door. Um, I love that. Um, yeah, I love, I love the work and the programming that they have. Uh, yeah, it's exactly the kind of space we want uh, Paul has to be for Galway. It's what QFT is to Belfast. You know? I, I just realised whenever I was saying Palace Cinema and Paulos, it's a different way. <laughs> it's my accent, uh, the North versus the South accent on that. We've I've heard every variation. I mean, it's a strange one having the father over both A's, so it makes this weird Paulos sound. And so we would, say, we would say Palas. I think that's the, the way we talk. I think the father makes up North. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we we kind of well, my so my Irish would be Gilgan Moon because I'm from Tipperary, mm. so I would make them Oz. So mm. I go Paulos, and then you know other people's even people kind of Irish say it differently again. It's it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then everyone in Galway just tends to call it uh, the Palace because um, you know it was kind of named for the old uh, Clada Palace, then like an old cinema that closed down in Galway many years ago, mm. um, and so yeah, people just kind of call it. Palace. But anyway, Paul also is on the side of the building, so that's funny. <laughs> that's what we'll stick cool. with. Uh, so tell me, um, what's the plans for the St. Patrick's Day celebrations? Uh, well, we are going to have Irish films playing all day, uh, kind of a mixture of old and new. Um, we're lucky to have quite a, a number of new Irish-made titles out at the moment, so I didn't really have to go rooting in the, you know, the archive uh, for much. Uh, we started on the um, uh, 12 o'clock uh, noon with My Sailor My Love, which is a new um, uh, Irish and Finnish co-production. Um, Breege Brennan and Cosmo Jarvis star as a kind of mismatched couple. It's a, it's a love story. Um, it was shot on the West Coast and I want to say Akko, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and just, uh, yeah, lovely Irish landscape, lovely uh, story, um, nice medium-sized, small art house European film, uh, really enjoyable. So that's at noon. Uh, then in the early afternoon, we have um, on Colin Kuhn, which I'm sure everyone and their, you know, uncle knows about by now. Uh, first Irish language film to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, again, beautiful uh, European film and in the Irish language. Um, 
we're following that up. It's got it's been on the run here by the way, as for as long as it's been out, like since last March, so like a year now. Uh almost fifty two weeks, which is again crazy for a small, you know, Irish film. Um but for the day that's in it, we're not showing Irish language films. So Colin Q in the early afternoon. Late afternoon we uh be playing the Banshees of Inishirin. Again, I'm sure everyone is aware of that by now. Uh, late afternoon, another new title just coming out this week, um, Marlowe. Uh, this is um, Liam Neeson and director Neil Jordan together again. Um, and it's got a star-studded Irish cast, but all playing these LA archetype characters. Of course, it's, it's based it's Philip Marlowe's story. Um, it's based on... It's not actually based on one of Raymond Chandler's novels. I think it's based on one of the adaptations of Chandler's... Uh, characters by another writer um, but Liam Neeson is Marlowe does, um, does he play a private detective in yeah that? so he's he's Marlowe I saw um, a trailer for that that they came on hello my name is Liam Neeson <laughs> I, am, I am playing a private detective and has to follow you've got to see it <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that really, but you know. No, it's not, it's not a bad, not a bad decent impression. Yeah, uh, so it's 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 very it's it's really it's a curiosity because it's um, uh, like detective fans will love it anyway. But also, it's just strange to see all these Irish. It's like a real Irish cat. Like Colomini is in it as well, and uh, Shana Kerslake is in it, and all these people. But they're all these like you know like LA people in the thirties, and it's just weird like if you were to watch it without sound like you know if you just, just thought saw for a split second you'd think it was like a Dublin set film but it's mm. like it's pretty noirish yeah. Yeah, yeah um so that's one to check out and then we're going to finish the day off on St. Patrick's Day with Grabbers it's a personal favourite of mine it came out uh, over 10 years ago now uh, we showed it at the Film Fla um, uh, the organisation I used to work for here um, back in 2012 uh, it's a story about these um, monster, little alien monsters basically that uh, invade this small island off the coast of Ireland and they suck people's blood and so the islanders uh, are long realising that the only way to protect themselves from the blood suckers is to get drunk um, because it's poisonous to the monsters when they then suck their blood. So it's, it's hilarious B-movie sci-fi comedy um, yeah, about Irish people getting uh, drunk so it's just... It, it's kind of we're you know being cute with it. It's a fun one to watch on St Patrick's Day. Sounds great. Yeah. Is there anything else happening this weekend? Did I read somewhere about the silent cinema? Are you connected with that? Yeah. So um, we uh, have a pair of uh, great programmers called um, uh, Mikey and Holly. They run this. Uh, they run their own um, cinema club called Cinephile Paradiso. Um, they have a monthly spot here in the Polos um, where they show um, classic films um, for all the cinephiles out there. Um, and so their plans for St. Patrick's Day is they've teamed up with Silent Cinema to show the O'Kalem Collection, a bunch of early silent films uh, shot in Ireland. So some of the earliest Irish films that there are, albeit made by you know Americans. Um, so fascinating uh, time capsules and uh, they're going to be showing those in the silent cinema on Dominic Street and then on the Sunday the uh, no sorry the Saturday the 18th they'll be um, playing them here in the Paul Oss bar uh, as well projected on our wall so wonderful yeah. And will there be will, will there be music with that or is there is, is there music in the, uh, in the movie? No, there's silent there's silent films, so they'll just be we'll be projecting them here on the wall and. Uh, but there won't be a pianist in the, the room. No, no, sadly not. But probably at the silent cinema, um, that is uh, 
the kind of programming that they do. Um, again, they're on. They're based on uh, Dominic Street, yeah. and uh, yeah, silent cinema is their specialty, and they do a great job at that, like live uh, music accompaniment. I'm going to pick their brains now. Is, yeah. Are any of them Charlie Chaplin related or anything? Not these ones, not from the OK question, but the silent cinema has shown, um, yeah, like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a movie with Charlie Chaplin set in Ireland. I can't recall any. Not that I'm aware of. But no, he, he, yeah. um, his, his, he married Eugene O'Neill's <coughs> daughter. I know that. Um, but I know that he also didn't talk to Eugene O'Neill. But they had a bit of a falling out. <laughs> because he was probably about 30 years older than her, you know. Yeah. I know this because um, I, I directed a production in China which was um, Queen Charlie Chaplin. It was the movies of, and the, and the story of Charlie Chaplin set to the music of Queen. It was a very, wow. very strange mix. Yeah. Um, but this is the Wild East. You could do anything out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah, they click with people. What did they know? And they knew Charlie Chaplin and they knew Queen because so that movie had just come out that year. Yeah. So that's why I went down that route. Anyway. Fascinating, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a fascinating piece of history. I wasn't aware of the Eugene O'Neill connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame. I think he had he had uh, maybe three wives or two wives before, and they're all very much younger than him. And um, yeah, but the, with Eugene O'Neill's wife, I think her name is Una. Um, they had like nine kids or something. Yeah, so the, wow. he really settled down in a big way with yeah. her. You know? So you didn't mention the Irish goodbye. Is that something you're going to screen in the future? Uh, I hope to. Yeah. Um working on <laughs> so I'm almost reluctant to say because it, it might not come to fruition but working on um, playing a program of um, Oscar winning Irish short films uh, for the past few years so um, you know Six Tutor would be uh, nice to show again the Martin McDonough connection there given that he was at the Oscars again this year uh, Terry George's The Shore uh, Benjamin Cleary's Stutterer and um, An Irish Goodbye um, as well. If we don't play it as part of the package, we might just play it uh, on its own because I'm sure people uh, want to see it on the big screen. So, mm. yeah. yeah. We do um, uh, short films here um, as well, like where possible. Um, again, for the week that's in it, um, we're playing a program of Irish language shorts uh, tonight, Tuesday the 14th, for Shotgun of Belga. Um, so curated by uh, Eve Collins again I, someone I worked with at the Goa Film Fla um, she's the short film programmer there and she put together a, uh, a package of about six Irish language shorts so it's about 75 minutes um, mixed with drama and documentaries and um, yeah they're playing here this evening and why and why is there any other events in the future where we're going to have uh, Gaelic uh, only movies uh, I hope so. We um, so the the scheme that uh, Colleen Kuhn has famously come out of uh, is called Cine Cahar, um a collaborative scheme between uh, Screen Ireland, TG Cahar and the BAI, uh, specifically to um, develop and produce Irish language films. So we've shown a number of them here in the Paul so far. Colleen Kuhn most recently. Before that, there was uh, Fusca, a fantastic drama um, written and directed by Sean Brannock uh, from about on Spadale and starring uh, Don O'Haley, who's out in that direction as well. Um, and I think the next film to come from that scheme, um, which we, again, I keep mentioning, but we, we premiered it at the Galway Film Club uh, this past year in July, it's called Tarok. 
it's a fantastic film set in the uh, West Kerry Gaeltacht. Um, uh, it's about uh, Novel Gracing, a young woman who returns home from her life in Dublin um, to the Kerry Gaeltacht, uh, to her dad's house, her dad's played by Lorcan Cranage, and she gets back into the um, you know the sport of like novel racing and comes competitive about it and um, it's really really great um, and I think that's being released later this summer so we'll definitely be showing that here as well. Great. So I'm going to ask about COVID. Um, how did it affect the running here? Um, well, like all the other cinemas, we had to close for um, a long time. I wasn't uh, here then. I was, I was still working with the festival. Um, but for our part, we had to adapt. We had two editions during COVID. One we, where we went completely online um, and another where we were uh, outdoors in 2021. Um, cinemas were opening and closing throughout that time. You know, as soon as they would be allowed to open, new restrictions would come in, they'd be closed again. Like it was, it's fair to say it was like fairly, you know, it decimated the industry uh, in a lot of ways. A lot of cinemas, smaller, uh, you know, art house theaters, thankfully not ours, uh, closed. Um, and to be honest, I don't think the audience will ever like get back to where it was pre-COVID. Um, COVID played a huge part of that, but it was sort of like a perfect storm of like COVID the rise of the streamers um, and just people's habits now, the fact that like, you know, everyone now has a large flat screen TV in their living room that kind of gives, I mean, it's not a cinematic experience, but it's, you know, it's easier to watch all these streaming services on, I suppose. So I don't know that it's ever going to go back to like, that audiences will go back to where they were in 2019. Um, but that's, like to me, I think what's important to note out of that, and what not a lot of people are talking about, is that there's still a very uh, healthy industry there. Like the the ten years from kind of like two thousand nine to twenty nineteen were like ten of like the highest grossing years of cinema that we've ever had, like since cinemas began. Um, and like obviously before that, those ten years, cinemas still ran for a hundred years, and they were a perfectly healthy and viable business. So just because it won't go back to the levels that they was it was during like you know the ten highest box office years of all time, doesn't mean that uh, audiences aren't coming back and aren't going to cinemas again. And I've definitely seen that here since I started working as a programmer here. Um, you know, particularly around the release of films like Banshees, like that brought the the kind of Irish audience back here into the cinema in a big way. Um, and our numbers have only been rising um, since kind of the latter half of twenty twenty two. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, just continuing to develop the audience here and getting people back to the big screen experience and reminding them that, like, you know, cinema is, like, it's a shared experience, you know. Um, you can just watch stuff at home on your own, on your flat screen TV, um, but, like, that's very depressing to me. It's, it's not <laughs> like, the same, is it? I, no. I listened to an interesting conversation on Radio Ulster recently where they are talking about that you can actually pause a movie on a flat screen or a mm. projector or whatever. You can pause the movie, whereas in the cinema, obviously you can't. And therefore, it's more of an experience that yeah. you're going in because of that. Um, that you, that you know, if you do go to the bathroom or whatever, you are missing out on that experience, yeah. and you become you become more prepared for it before you go in. And um, the thing is, you know, dates. You know, first dates are uh, are always popular. Mm. Uh, the, cinema is, the cinemas are popular venues for those 
And um, it's funny how you're talking. I, I'm thinking of my, I forgot about this. My father, he ran a cinema oh, no. in, uh, in South Derry, where I'm from. And um, this is oh, 1950s, probably. Wow. And uh, what, what he used to do, it was the old reel-to-reel. And what he used to do was, they'd show the movie, you know, and then they'd queue up the reel and then they'd project the movie. So maybe there was four reels mm. uh, and those movies are maybe five, depends on the length. And um, sometimes if they're looking to get out early on a Saturday night, they'd leave a reel out. <laughs> <laughs> so <coughs> most of the time people didn't realise, you know, because it was like, okay, it's that film didn't make much sense, but mm. I suppose that was the artistic decision. Uh, well, you know, they, they, that's what they're thinking subconsciously, probably they weren't able to verbalise it in that way, you know. Yeah. Uh, and But the, the cool thing was, being in South Derry was, you had this uh, uh, Indian community who used mm. to come there every Sunday and they would rent the space and they would um, rent the space and they'd show Bollywood movies mm. in the 1950s. So you had these Indians from all over Northern Ireland, Indians being from like Delhi, and Bob, yeah. Mumbai and so on. Um, and they would come congregate in the South, uh, South Derry area and then watch these movies, you know? Yeah. So it was, um, it's funny how sometimes like habits don't change. Like there is, there's a healthy um, like Indian community here in Galway and a healthy um, Polish community as well who, um, uh, you know, cinemas definitely need to cater for um, and they do. Um, but it's funny how groups like that will still they still tend to choose like we'll say like one night of the week where they come out like like you know everyone tends to like go at the same time to see like the big new Bollywood movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. So again, with the venue like ours where you only have three screens, the tricky thing is like okay, how can we maximize like if we take on a film, um, you know, um, we don't want to show it for the whole week necessarily. We want to show it when the audience is gonna is gonna turn up for it. So. Uh, again, part of my job here is like being in dialogue with those communities and trying to figure out like, okay, we will, you know, we want you to be um, part of our programming here. We want to come see those films, but like their their viewing habits aren't necessarily the same as uh, everyone else's. So, um, yeah, again, going back to the thing of like making this a space for everyone and trying to figure out, um, you know, whose films you can show and when and how they want to see them. You know. Can I tell you how fantastic that is, is that you're doing that because. You know, whenever I was living in China for eight years and um, before that in England for 18 years. And, you know, you lose connection with your roots, especially in China. And um, that's why I listen to Radio Ulster so much. <laughs> and then the thing is with, with that is it's the little things, the events that you're putting on where people can all congregate mm. and then not only feel a connection with the movie, but also with the wider community because they'll be networking, they'll be meeting new people, meeting potential partners and all the rest, both romantic and uh, business partners. Yeah. And um, yeah, you probably don't realise how powerful that is. Maybe you do, you probably do actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I'm saying... I, I've tried to make a career out of it, but yeah, but no, I definitely agree with you, you know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And it's underappreciated, it's, it's what... Um, you know, sometimes people will ask, like, why a venue like our, like, especially like when this when this place was being built, and there was being a lot, like, a lot of money was being put into it. The question was asked, like, why do we need this space? Because um, for a small city like Galway is actually quite oversaturated with, like, in terms of cinemas. There's about like five cinemas in the city region. That's like definitely four in the city center, um, at least. 
But I suppose the point is, like, in comparison to the multiplexes, like, this place is built to be an actual, a communal, a convivial space. And we have the bar here where we're recording this to uh, where people can come and get, like, even if you're not seeing a movie, like, you can just come in and, like, it's a space, you know, to, to come in and hang out. Versus um, the kind of cinemas that are being built these days, like modern cinemas, which to me just feel like a conveyor belt. Like, mm, yeah. you come in, it's just like your box office station, mm. it's the place where you buy your concessions. There's nowhere... These the, these buildings aren't made for like loitering is mm. probably what, the way they would refer to it. Um, it's very much like come in, buy the products, watch the film, and then leave again. Mm. And like that's kind of the antithesis of what we want to do here. You know? I, I I guess what I was saying earlier, or and feeling badly was, you know, having lived in that experience where you are an expat or economic migrant, whatever you want to call mm. the person who, who does that, you know, someone who, like me, living in China, um, it means so much. It, it, it's really, um, it, you know, to receive that experience is really, really special. And it's almost like a stepping stone to get you through the year, you yeah. know, because you do miss home and you miss your family and your friends so much, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Are there any other events that we can look forward to in the future? Um, yeah, we have, uh, we're kind of programming all the time for different dates in the calendar. Um, after the very first thing to happen after St. Patrick's uh, Day is, of course, Mother's Day is this Sunday. We have a screening of um, Mamma Mia, <laughs> not the most um, uh, art house film of all time. Um, but, you know, um, I asked my own mother, what would you like to see uh, in the cinema on the big screen? That was the answer, so I was like, okay. Um, and certainly there seems to be a big demand for it um, we have uh, I mentioned Cinephile Paradiso earlier the, the cinema club group that we work with they have a monthly event where they show classic cinema we have uh, a monthly event with um, the uh, the guys at the Roisin Dove uh, Googie at, at Strange Brew who run uh, their own uh, monthly event called I Can't Believe You Haven't Seen where they kind of pick like films that like you feel strongly people like definitely should have seen like you know mm. when you're always in a conversation with someone like and, you know have you seen such and such no I haven't oh I can't believe you haven't seen that so they um, that's a monthly program that we run here um, what else do we do we have a monthly queer cinema club uh, in partnership with the university um, LGBTQ network um, we have the next edition of that this Thursday actually it's the third Thursday every month uh, this week we're showing Cabaret um, so that's going to be fun um, and uh, yeah then as we come up to the summer and kind of um, the art house you know the way the cinema calendar works the art house cinema kind of um, wanes and the blockbusters kind of take over so we do a lot of bespoke programming we'll do like summer seasons like you know director focuses or actor focuses um, and uh, kind of you know run our own programs for like the month instead of showing the blockbusters so um, we'll have lots of that coming up uh, this year and the the Galway Film Cloud takes place here every July uh, as well so yeah lots to look forward to Because this week has been so hectic and because I only launched the podcast on March the 1st and because Galway is such a thriving city with a, a festival on all the time, I stumbled upon the kayak festival last weekend and I didn't have a run up to it properly. So I quickly grabbed a couple of guys on the hop and asked them about it. And this is 
what came out of that. Hi, who are you and what are you here for? Uh, my name is Barry Lucknan. I'm one of the organisers here of Galway Fest. It's a kayaking festival that we've been running in Galway for about 12 years. So this is the 11th running of the edition. We missed one in 2021 with COVID, but uh, we run it every March here in Galway. It, usually it's in Tum, Spittle and in the city over the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But this year, due to the dry weather, we're having all three days on the lower car up here in Galway City. And why is it happening here? Uh, well, when me and my friends got into kayaking through the university back in the day, there wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot of kayaking competitions going on in the west, and we we saw all the amazing rivers and features we have here. So we set up a festival, and then every year it's kind of grown and grown, and now it's the biggest whitewater festival in Europe. So we've people coming from all over the world. We've Canadians, Americans, uh, from all over, people from all over Europe, Spanish, Italians, Polish. Um, so you all come to Galway each March for uh, a good time. It's there's a little bit of competition involved but it's mostly about you know a get together and uh, just having a good time on the river and you mentioned there this is the only place that's got water so yeah so we've had a particularly dry let's say january and february and now we're at the start of march um so usually we would have friday on a river in Tume, uh, but that needs recent rainfall for it to go ahead and then in spittle the same we have a, a river there we use for a whitewater race but there's been no water so there's, there's no water on that river so some people like the good weather, but uh, for kayaking, the more it rains, the better it is for us. So, um, look, it's been this is the 11th running at a festival in the first year it's ever been an issue. So, it's look at a draw. And how many people do you expect? So, we have a little over 300 people coming, uh, and then however many spectators or add ons that come to that. So, it's the highest numbers we've had. We've had to cap it every year uh, because it just gets a little bit big to organise but uh, tickets sold out in three minutes this year so it's the fastest it's ever sold out so good demand people like coming to Galway for a good time fair play to you yeah. okay have a great time with it oh, yeah no problem Cheers. no worries okay. hello who are you um, Terla um, kayaker from originally from Galway what are you doing here today? Um, we're competing in Galway Fest, so today is just doing freestyle, and then we have Whitewater tomorrow, and then we're about to do the big um, yoga balls race right now in a few minutes. Yoga balls? Yeah, so we're going to be racing uh, from here all the way down to the bottom of Spanish Arch from Fisheries Field um, with yoga balls, and the objective is to get your team's ball down to the very bottom first. And so we'll see. What time does that begin? Um, I think in about 20 minutes. I probably should be getting ready now. Okay, good luck. <laughs> Cheers, thanks. All the best.
an amazing track, eh? That was Dream Away by Tracy Bruin. That's Tracy without the E and Bruin with the E. B-R-U-E-N. Just Google her. She's phenomenal. We'll go to a conversation that I had with her now. Tracy Bruin, nice to talk to you. Hello. Hi, how are things, Fender? Nice, nice to uh, be here. It's going very fine, just a bit busy, as with everybody in Ireland, I suspect, in the run-up to St. Patrick's Day. So, Tracy, thanks for your time today. Um, let's start the conversation by asking, who is Tracy Bruin? Um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, my name is Tracy Bruin, and I am a singer-songwriter based in Galway City. I have been writing and recording and performing my own music since 2013 and um, I've released two albums um, and the most recent of which I released at the end of uh, January. It's called Waiting on the Strange Brew label and yeah I've been doing a little tour with that and that's pretty much it for me at the moment. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> so you're playing on Sunday the 19th at four o'clock in Ayers Square. Um, yes. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, we're playing myself and my band. Well, not my full band, uh, but uh, they're a f- we're playing as a four piece on uh, Sunday in Ayers Square as part of the St. Patrick's Weekend Festival um, at 4 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be a great gig. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell me, how did you end up getting this gig? Well, we played it last year as well. So um, we were contacted by the organisers to see if we would play it uh, again this year. And I think I was um, particularly put into that slot because I actually do a lot of youth music work and I will be hosting um, a performance just prior to our own with um, my youth music project called Live Feed. We're linked in with Music Generation and we mentor young musicians who are ready for stage and performance and we mentor them uh, to get to the stage and to give them performance opportunities. So the two things are going on on Sunday. So that's why we're kind of connected, I suppose, on this Sunday. So you must have done a good job last year. You must have done pretty well because they've asked you to come back again this year. Ah, well, uh, it was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. So tell me this. Uh, have you had any musical training or are you self-taught? Um, I would have done. I started playing piano when I was about seven and I did all of the grades in piano. But funnily enough, I didn't sit down to play piano. I remember like after I finished grade eight, I must have been about maybe 17 and I didn't play piano again until really I was, I think I was 29. Um, it kind of just, I just, it took so much out of me, the grades. Um, I would have also played trad on the flute and tin whistle. Um, and then I took up the guitar in my late teens and just kind of noodled around. I was never really that much, that confident with the guitar um, and largely self-taught, um, save for a few friends showing me a few bits and pieces here and there. Um, but really, I suppose um, I just kind of upped the ante in terms of pushing myself and pushing my playing through writing music. Um, and that's how I have 
progressed, particularly with guitar and piano. I would have uh, spent years doing voice training. Um, you mightn't hear that in my voice now because it is. <laughs> well, no, I, th I think your hard work is paying off because you can definitely hear it in the productions. Yeah, I would have done a good bit of classical training and um, I went, I, I haven't completed grade eight. I just haven't time. But a few years ago, I completed my grade seven in voice. Um, but in terms of studying it at school, it's a big regret of mine that I never had the opportunity really to study it in school. I feel like there's a lot lacking, say, in my music theory and things like that. Um, so I'm actually at the moment I'm doing a master's in music therapy. So through that, I am studying um, a lot more of guitar and piano and I'm picking up the like kind of filling sort of those little gaps in knowledge that I've I felt I've had um, through the through the through the guitar and piano um, lessons that I'm having for my current course. So that's in, that's fun. Your band is sounding absolutely fantastic. So why don't you talk a little bit about those band members, please? Yeah, um, so they are Porrit Joyce, um, who is very, very well known on the music scene in Galway for the last 20 years. He plays a lot with Niall Teague. They have um, just are about to launch their own original um, album, but they have played in The Rascals and um, Four Men in the Bass um, for years. So they're very, very well known on the Galway scene. And Porrick is an incredible guitar player and incredible vocalist as well. Um, he was the first person I started playing with um, 10 years ago. And we've known each other for donkeys years before that. And then Adam Downey came onto the scene and he's our drummer. Um, again, like like with all of the musicians in the band, he plays in about five or six different bands um, around Galway City, County, into County Clare. He's a, he's a very, very uh, busy man, um, but an incredible drummer as well. Um, and then we've had a few different bass players along our journey, um, all amazing musicians, but the one that I'm working with at the moment um, is Sam Wright. Um, and yeah, he's he's fabulous. He um, He's very, very creative um, arranger of, of music and bass lines, um, plays electric and um, and upright bass and just a wonderful person and brings a, a, an amazing energy to to the band and to performance. Um, also on backing vocals, um, I have Jenny Grork with whom I've sung for many, many years and she's just a wizard on backing vocals and anybody who has the opportunity always snaps her up because there aren't many around who um, who really understand the artistry and the skill of singing backing vocals. It, uh, it really is, um, it's a unique skill. Um, the, her ability to blend, um, her ability to find harmonies where you might think that there are none available. She'll find it. She'll find that note. You know, she's, she's absolutely wonderful. Um, and for years I would have sung with her and her two bandmates, Laura and Lorraine, um, as part of the Bluebirds, they were my backing vocalists um, for a good few years. But they're so busy with other commitments and life and everything at the moment. Um, Laura and Lorraine aren't available. 
Um, but who knows in the future? Uh, but we've been very lucky to get Aileen Henderson on second backing vocals as well. Um, and she's just fresh out of BIM in, in Dublin and she sings a lot with James Coulihan in Galway and also is releasing her own music. So she's our newest addition to, to the lineup and we're very, very lucky to have her. And then Finally, we have the amazing Neil Fitzgibbon on fiddle. He's just a complete wizard on the on the fiddle. Um, and he joined the band, I would say, um, kind of during the pandemic. He had guested on a few live performances um, on the first album launch and, and a couple of other live performances. And then he just became a permanent member of the band, much to our luck in the last couple of years. So it's a it's a wonderful mix of many, many, many musicians who all there's a lovely dance in terms of how they arrange together to find space for each other. Um, so it's not just this cacophony of, of you know, noise. <laughs> um, it's a really delicate balance. And um, it's, it's a wonderful process to be part of when we start to arrange songs and, uh, and see where they lie when you have seven musicians um, doing, the, doing the arranging. Um, so yeah, that's the band. Uh, sometimes we play as a seven piece, but more frequently we, I can, I'm, I suppose I pick and choose based on who is available at any given day um, for the gigs, you know, so, and the songs are arranged in such a way that we can play them as a two piece, as a solo or up to, uh, you know, with the full band. Um, the musicians are just that good at what they do really you know um they can just they can just go with it depending on on how many people we have on a gig at any given time well you know i'm thrilled to hear about your uh, skills that you've built up because you know your piano skills going up to grade eight and your vocal skills going up to grade seven because you can really hear it in your recordings no. i mean the production is very high level and the band sounds so fantastic so no, it's fair play to you. Oh well, thank you very much. I I really do feel like the voice is still is is I I'm still very connected with the study that I would have done in my voice. But it's funny. I don't. I feel like I uh, I am not at the standards that I would have been piano wise when I uh, when I finished my grades. You know, you can always write to a standard. That's that's your standard. I. How will I explain this? Um, you can give an impression or I feel, and this is my imposter syndrome speaking, but I'll just speak to it, uh, that I can give an impression that I am better at my instrument than I maybe am because I can take the time to write really, really complex stuff and take the time to learn that. But I, is that skill transferable if I was to... Uh, sit down and play a cover tune to this with the same level of uh, musicality and dexterity. I'm not sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you know, it actually it reminds me of a conversation between uh, Miles Davis and Niall Rogers. Uh, they were talking about jazz and pop music, and Miles said to Niall, "It's not the sh that you play; it's the." Sh that you don't play <laughs> fair yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and if you listen to Sheik's music there's a lot of jazz in the in their pop music but 
he doesn't actually play the jazz, if you know what I mean. He just alludes to it that Bertolt, mm -hmm. that Bertolt Brecht thing, you allude to it, the emotion, but you don't actually display the emotion mm -hmm. rawly. Uh, yeah, but he'd be well able to play that jazz, though. <laughs> well, so would you. So would you if you practiced, you know. Uh, yeah. You just need to put in the hours. That's 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 probably true. Yeah. What do you want a bit to? of practice. That's my biggest thing. If I just practiced. <laughs> well, we all need to practice. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah, but you sound great. So go for it. What you're doing. Thank you so much. Hey, Tracy, thanks very much for the conversation. It's been a total delight. Thanks, Fender. It was lovely to chat. OK, well, good luck on Sunday and slang of oil and ish. OK, so bye. Okay, that pretty much concludes the Galway podcast. And here's a song now by the Curly Organ uh, to sing us out with for this week. I'm not sure I know the name of this track. Um, they're quite an arty band. Um, you look at their stuff online, the Curly Organ, and you'll see that they are pushing the boundaries of what music is and, you know, performance art maybe maybe it's blurring the lines between music and performance art anyway the curly organ they're playing on saturday the 18th at 1715 and i'm doing that thing again i'm recording the vocal intro before i i listened to this track a few times the first half but i didn't listen to all of it and i liked it but i don't know if there's any swearing in it like the s word i call it swearing like I said, I've been in China for too long. So something that annoys me about podcasts sometimes is whenever I'm cooking or whatever, and I'm listening to a podcast, I kind of need to know that it, it's clean, you know, because I don't like to poison young ears. Not yet, anyway. So I tend to self-censor what it is that I'm listening to, depending on what it is that I'm doing in the house, whether I'm cooking or whatever. And I kind of want to keep this podcast like that. So I'm going to go through this track now. And if there's any S words, I'm going to overdub that. And Curly Organ, I apologize to you if you feel that I've gone a bit too far. But hopefully you'll understand my angle in this one. Okay. Until next time, everybody, stay positive with each other. Thanks.
lots of shy guys Has it ever paid off? Her name is on the blue sky Faces on the fruit flies Heavy on love ties Light on trade-off I'm the host, I'm the guest, I'm the whole audience I think I see a rainbow, I think I'm on a game show I think I won the jackpot, I think I need a pad Glaring at the cry bullet, taking all of my Taking up my time, no I'll never understand them fully Everyone's a victim of other people's symptoms Everyone is dancing in someone else's mansion in the water, I wonder how they're feeling I never should have stayed on The people that you wait on Are ready to prey on Hearts that are bleeding Let me say Bertie Boku, I'm your go-to Though I have no shoes and I am slow to Pick up a tape measure, see my brain better But you must feel great pleasure smiling like you do Solid Hill Media Original Podcast and Production. <laughs>